What's going on, everybody? You know, I always start off by saying, hey, brotherhood, uh, how y'all doing? I know it is late. I know y'all haven't heard from me in a couple of days, but this is a great show. So, uh, as promised, I'm doing my podcast on the athletes and their mentality, but first, let me touch on the Falcons. Um, play Tennessee tomorrow in the Dome. Uh, what I'm looking forward to seeing is just straight domination. Just like this is a team that uh, we shouldn't play around with. We have the ability to beat them very badly. Um, will we play to their level uh, like we've played the last three teams? Um, I hope not. I hope what I see is touchdowns and stops. Like we need this game for our mentality, for uh, for us to know that we can do this. A complete game, clean game. This is the game to do it. Uh, this is also the game to work in other players. Um, games like this, when you see on your schedule, um, I don't want to overwork Julio. I don't want to overwork Devontae. Low management. Um, give them their touches. Six. I say Julio should get six targets, maybe one touchdown. I don't want him to get no hits for uh, Devontae. Somewhere around 15 touches is cool. And uh, six and six for two other running backs, something like that. That would look amazing. Um, the score, uh, 28, maybe 31, 35 to 17 is what I'm looking for. Uh, just because this is Tennessee. Like, they're not a great team, and I want, I expect us to be a great team. So let's finally show it. Let's finally get over that hump, that penalty hump. Let's put a complete game together and put the league on notice that we can play like this. Um, we have to go against Derrick Henry. And if y'all follow me, um, I would have loved to have Doug Derrick King on my, on my team as opposed to uh, Devontae Freeman. But uh, he's that type of back. He's what you would call a workhorse. Who they, They're going to give him 21, 25 touches. And he's just going to pound us into the fourth quarter and just see which man wants to hit him all 6'2", 200 and whatever pounds. Who wants to hit him, meet him in the hole in the fourth quarter. Um, so that's their game plan, I'm pretty sure. Uh, nothing too special. That's why I just say, hey, we got to stop them. Um, but moving on, I already gave you the prediction. We're going to win, gave you the score. Now uh, to to my special part of the podcast, the special segment. Um, today's topic uh, is, is about the mentality of football players, not just NFL players from top to bottom. Uh, to give you a little story, I was at a, a high school game this Friday. Um, I won't say the high school just because I don't want nobody to know about this guy. But there's a uh, there was a player at this high school. Um, so I'm watching the game and he misses a tackle. It was kind of it was a, a run. The player uh, the player hits the corner. The running back hits the corner. Gets about eight yards before contact and boom, eleven comes. I shouldn't even say his number, but the guy comes, kind of reaches the arm tackle, whatever. It's high school. Misses the tackle. The guy goes on the score. Um, and I see him, uh, everybody on his team starts to dog him, like, hey, man, uh, you, you, you cost us the game, you score, you do this every week, you know, yeah, blah, 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 and, uh, his coaches get on him at that moment, and then I, I see him, everybody else leaves and walks off from that area, because film is gone, they're ready to get back on the field, knowing how he just messed up, he know he's not going to get another opportunity today obviously, or that day. So uh, he takes his helmet off, drops it, 
Um, doesn't even prop it up, just kind of drops it um, and it's rolling. He has his head down in his hands. He's crying. Uh, I just see defeat all over. Um, and I uh, sympathize with that because I've felt that before. Maybe not for the same reason. I, I don't I don't tend to mess up on the field, so I don't. Uh, but I have felt defeat before for other uh, reasons. Maybe an injury or a setback, a close one like Whatever the case is, I felt that. And I saw that... Uh, a part of the game of football, the joy left him at that moment. He's crying. He's just, you know what I mean? So, uh, and I think people don't understand what players go through. So that's the story. Um, and I'm going to be all over the place, so bear with me, but just follow in. This is just for y'all to see in the heads of uh, NFL players, football, just football players, period. Um, imagine a kid. So we got a kid who's growing up. Um, Played football. He's playing throw him up, bust him up, which is a game you play as a young kid. Um, playing up, throw him up, bust him up. Finally gets to play contact football, third grade. Meets his best friends on the team. All his all his friends play football. Uh, everybody in his life plays football or is a football coach. All his role models, football, football coach. Um, he loves the game. Plays it real great. Goes on to uh, play and uh, play in high school, real great in high school, goes on to play at a top college, real great in college. Goes on to the NFL. Um, the NFL is a different beast. So this say this kid, kid A, uh, he's used to being a star. I mean, he's used to dominating, winning, probably won state champions in, uh, in track or in football. He's just been athletically dominant. His whole life. He doesn't know anything but winning being on top. And he gets to the NFL and boom. First uh, adversity hits him. Whether he gets hurt or he's just not the best on the team. And now this player goes home and he's sitting. He's never been in this position before. He's thinking to himself. His mind is in his is in the, or he's in his head. He's in his own head saying, man, maybe I'm not good enough. Maybe I didn't do enough. Whatever the case is. Um, and he just he just sits there and wobble in pity or whatever. You know, you know what I'm saying? That guy emotionally isn't stable enough to go do a regular job. Um, if you if you send that guy into a regular work environment, he's going to seem agitated. He's going to seem irritated. Um, but on the football field, it just looks like you're a prima donna. You know what I mean? If if a player shows attitude, it's like, oh, he's not a part of the team. He's not whatever the case is. Um, and players and coaches... Uh, chastise this guy or get on this guy for not being usual self or not being one with the team but nobody stopped to think what's going on with his head not enough coaches and players look at the man next to them and say I wonder where his mentality is and that um, is a problem with the game in itself it's a problem with a lot of uh, things going on so if you if you have a kid um, and he plays ball and you listen to my podcast Make sure you understand uh, that this is an emotional game and his emotions could be all over the place and his head could be all over the place. Um, because, you know, this is, it's just, that's just what's going on. That's just what it is. So he's going to, he's going to have defeat. He's going to be coming home sobbing. He's going to, nobody has a perfect career. Now, that's one side of it as far as the premature players who don't get to the NFL. Um, when you get to the NFL, it's a whole nother beast uh, because there's media involved, there's Twitter involved, um, there's people commenting on you who ain't done a drill a day in their life, 
and they got the nerve to critique your route or why you dropped the ball. Um, so now, fat like we're gonna shift kind of gears to the mentality of an NFL player. So imagine an NFL player. Um, before I give examples, um, because the examples kind of bring something else in. Uh, I'll just say imaginary player who is playing for Miami right now. Okay, well, I'm not going to give you an imaginary player. Imagine there's 53 guys that made a Miami roster, NFL. Um, their team sucks. They're on three. Most of those guys, like I said, have been number one in their high school, number one at their college. They got drafted. they on the NFL, and they become regular again. Now they're losing. They're tanking. How do you think they feel? To, to go from winning and most of most NFL players had were three star uh three sport athletes played basketball ran track and played football in high school and usually was like the guy on the on each team they were like the guy at the track and they were the guy at basketball they were the guy at football so they're used to winning and controlling their environment winning because of the work they put in then you go to the NFL now I'm not winning because of all these other guys and then like just like kid A from high school. This guy goes home, comes home, and wallows in his pity again. Like, oh, my man, crying and stuff like that. Uh, I think this is something that the NFL as an organization needs to step in and provide help for these players because this is a real problem. I guess I'm, I'm shining light or bringing attention to a real problem that, that goes along with football. That's what this podcast is about. I told you it's going to be all over the place, so bear with me. Now, there is one central focus. Which is, that's what I got to. The point is that the NFL or organizations like colleges and high school need to do better with kids in their uh, mental state and attached to football. Now, as I said earlier, when you go to the NFL, it's a different beast because you have social media. Um, you have social media and you have the media, TV, analysts, all those guys. Um, there's a couple players in history that I want you to, I want to, show you point out where I think these things all these factors uh, all these factors I guess has something to do with why they acted how they acted um, a couple of names um, Chad Johnson or Chad Ochocinco as he goes by um, Odell Beckham Antonio Brown um, who else can I talk about I'll, I'll, I'll just stick to those three players and all, like all my podcasts that are this good, uh, well, not good as in talent, but as good as in the topic, I will always revisit, re-do uh, it. So I will clean up my this this argument. I won't say argument. I'll clean up this topic and, and I'll always come back to y'all with uh, more facts. But we're just going to talk about those three guys. Ocho Cinco, A.B., and Odell Beckham. Whoa, wait, whoa, 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 whoa. I forgot. I got to add my man's Cam Newton in there. I got to add my man Cam. So we're going to take out... We're going to take out Chad Johnson just because he's not uh, a player of my era or the younger era now. He's an older guy. So we're going to just talk about Cam, A.B., and Odell Beckham. So, boom, let's first talk about Odell Beckham. I want people to understand that uh, Odell Beckham is probably, he's a freak as far as athletic ability. He's fast. Uh, his hands are huge. He catches everything that goes with him, that goes to him. Uh, his mom uh, was a a track athlete at LSU and his dad played basketball. Don't know where the love of football came in, but this guy ends up loving football. So, uh like I said, he's a freaking nature. So he's he's been top top of the world since he in his in his group, age group, as long as he can remember. 
And just like uh, Kid A, this is kind of his scenario. So Odell Beckham goes to, he gets drafted by the New York Giants. New York Giants uh, have two Super Bowls under Eli Manning. But Odell Beckham's of a new style of plays. He's of this new generation who likes to look good while they play, uh, likes to have attention. You know, they can handle that. They can handle that because they grew up with social media. Um, so, yeah, so you, he gets drafted, goes to New York. Um, he has Eli. Uh, if you ever heard me talk about Eli, I dog him. Um, he's not a good quarterback. He hasn't been a good quarterback in the last four or five years or whatever the case is. But he has two rings, so everybody wants to hold on to that. Uh, Odell Beckham had to have Eli Manning as his quarterback, a guy who can't even kick a ball 60 yards, let alone throw it. You know what I'm saying? He can't throw it accurate 60 yards anymore, but he's still in the NFL. That brought visual frustration to Odell Beckham. Now, you got to realize, like I said, Odell Beckham's been on a winning side of everything his whole life. His dad was a winner. His mom was a winner. He's a winner automatically by birth, and he just keeps winning. But now he has to go to uh, the Giants and deal with this quarterback who's uh, who's sucks, you know what I mean? So as his first couple of years, the hype has built up around Odell Beckham. He's made this amazing catch. He's making amazing catches. He's doing amazing things. He's dancing. Uh, you know, the ladies love him. I'm not saying he look good, but the ladies love him. You know what I'm saying? So he's got all this attention going for him. He's got everything going good. And around year three is when you start to see a breakdown because they weren't winning. And like I said, he's a winner. So now everything that the world built him up on, you built him up on his fashion. You got him in uh, fashion shows, GQ magazine, and you're talking about, oh, he, he dresses amazing. You, you built him up on his dancing because you posted videos of him dancing. You posted videos of him saying, oh, he's a good dancer. He's a lovely guy. He's a, he's a funny, lively person, whatever. He can dance. Woo. And you built him up on his personality and charm and whatever. All the, all the things you put him on a pedestal for. When When he starts losing... And he starts breaking down his mentality. What did y'all do? The media points out all those things. All the things that they built him up. They say, well, this is the reason why he's losing because he danced too much. This is the reason why he's losing because uh, he went to Miami before the playoffs. This is the reason why he's losing because he, he worried about wearing a watch. and, and da, da, da. No, that ain't the reason why he's losing. And don't, don't put that on him. And it's not about the losing as so much as it's in mentality now. Imagine what you just did to this kid, because when he came in, he was he was uh, he's a man to y'all, but he's a kid to himself. To when it, to the world, he's a man, but to himself, he's still he was still a young man. He was like twenty one coming in the league, so it's like y'all built him up. Y'all say, oh, he's great. He does this all this in the third, and now he has to turn on TV, or not now, but at that point in his life, he has to turn on TV, and he has to see uh, guys analyzing him on how he looks, how he's doing his hair, how he's dressing. You know how that made him feel. You know how that makes a player feel, and you can't go take off your you can't take out your frustration normally. I mean, yeah, you can play football, but still, that's where your pain's coming from. So when you see a player acting out on the field, like when you see Odell Beckham uh, doing all the crazy stuff, he going back at it with uh, Josh Norman, they get in the fights. He uh, doing the thing he did on the sidelines with the kicking net, hitting it with his helmet, throwing his helmet, yelling, visual. You're seeing a player that is asking for help. One because mentally. He's in a spot that he's never been before, which is losing. He's losing, and that that messes up his head. 
And on top of that, y'all, the things that y'all put them on the pedestal for, y'all, y'all now y'all dogging them? Like, that's just that's just wrong as far as the NFL goes. And I think people need to be more, uh, what do you call it? I don't know the word, but you just need to be softer on these guys when you critique them because that, that really does mess up the head. You don't understand what that did to Odell Beckham in, in that part of his life during that during his career. You know what I mean? You didn't understand. You don't understand what that did to him. He has to go home. He has to look at that. Like, that. that's hurtful. Okay, that's the first player. Moving on to uh, Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown's a special case um, only because he has a whole bunch tied to his name that just came in his last year. And I want you to know, I, and I'm tired of everybody. I'm tired of players. One, I saw Eric Weddle. Eric Weddle is a white safety. And this is on record. My mom's gonna, my mom doesn't like this because this is always going to be record. But I'm, I'm willing to stand behind this. I don't believe in white safeties. I don't believe in white safeties and white uh, receivers. Call me racist, call me bad, whatever. But you're not going to sit here and try to tell me that there's a white man more athletic than a black man out here. It is what it is, and you're not going. And I can't convince you that a black man can swim out swim a white man. You know what I'm saying? That's just we just not going to do that. So you're not going to tell me that this guy Eric Weddle is better than most of these guys. I've seen him play. So any any organization that starts Eric Weddle, you hear me? You know what I'm saying? You know you know you know who they support because I just it is it just is what it is. But y'all allow Eric Weddle to open his mouth to Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown, a future Hall of Famer. Antonio Brown, who led the league in, in touchdowns and receptions. You allowed Eric Weddle to open your mouth only because y'all kicking this man while he's down and not understanding why he's down. This is what this whole podcast is about, is understanding why these guys do what they do. Because mentally, they're not stable. These aren't, these aren't you know what I'm saying? This, this isn't a stable job. The work environment is very stressful. But everybody just wants to say, oh, yeah, they're doing what they love, man. Why are they mad? Why are they depressed? Why are, they, why are you beating on your kid? Why are you doing all Why are you taking drugs? You're doing what you love. No, y'all are causing stress to these guys. So, boom. Like I said, Antonio Brown. I'm just I'm just giving y'all examples, seeing what they do. So, Antonio Brown, who uh, goes to, he's, he plays for Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, Antonio Brown isn't a winner all his life. Only I will say that only because he didn't go to a big school. But he still was probably the top at that school or whatever. So he's in the NFL. He plays for the Steelers. Um, he has Big Ben, uh, Le'Veon Bell, and him and a, a whole plethora of great receivers. Um, and and I've always looked at the team. Everybody was disappointed in the Falcons in 2016 to have that, that crazy offense. And we didn't win the Super Bowl. But I always said this to people. The biggest disappointment has always been the Steelers because of the weapons they've had. When you have Antonio Brown, Le'Veon Bell, and Big Ben, there's no reason why they shouldn't they they don't have a Super Bowl, but they don't. So you fast forward to the end of his career. Uh, obviously, what happened? This is from what we've heard, what the information we've gathered. There was a playoff game or a, a elimination game to get into the playoffs. I don't know the stats right now, but the Steelers have been in the playoffs and usually go against the Patriots in the uh, AFC Championship. They're usually always there. It's hard to get over the Patriots, rightfully so. Um, but this year, they're fighting for a wild card. Antonio Brown is a little injured, but he's your star player. So from what, what we heard was we wake up, and it's Sunday, the game, the, the, the day of the game, and Mike Tomlin, the head coach, comes out and says, Antonio Brown won't be playing because of team infractions, okay? So now everybody's like, what? The what? Why your star player? What's going on? Everybody's blaming Antonio Brown. What's going on? So Antonio Brown comes out and says, hey, I'm injured. 
I was supposed to come uh, and go to the doctors, but I didn't. I went to my own doctors, and uh, and I came and said, hey, I'm ready to play. But Coach Tomlin said, hey, you didn't show up to practice. You didn't go to treatment with my guys. Uh, you can't play this game. That's a that's an infraction or whatever. So everybody's like, why? Well, why he didn't go to? Uh, why he didn't go to uh, the training staff? This goes back to the mentality of players and their and their emotions. I believe that Antonio Brown did not trust his team at that. He did not trust the organization to give right information. A lot of the people know what goes on in, in athletics. When you're hurt, the coach doesn't care about you being 100%. The coach cares about his job, and his job depends on wins. And I can't win if my best player is on the field. So what do you think the doctors tell the head coach? Uh, yeah, he, he got a little chip bone, but I think he can run. He, we got an off season coming up. He good. He can, he can recover. Does that benefit the player going out there at 75%? No, you damage your, in the long run, you damage your body even more. So I believe Antonio Brown did not trust uh, his his people. He didn't trust the organization. On top of that, his coach just told him he can't go to battle. When I've been going to battle with y'all for how long? Six, seven years, whatever the case, man. I'm the top. I give my all to y'all. I just beat the Ravens. Uh, and to point this out, it was on Eric Weddle, who the last, the game went and touchdown the year before to get in the playoffs, on Eric Weddle. I pray to God I get big enough to talk to Eric Weddle. I, I really do because I can't believe he opened his mouth to Antonio Brown. But that's neither here nor there. To, so Antonio Brown scores on Eric Weddle the year before, and you're telling him he can't that that guy can't go to war with you, and then his teammates didn't speak up. His teammates didn't say nothing. His teammates was just like, "That's I guess that's what it is." So that guy went home, and instantly he knew I can't play for these guys. These guys that I gave my body, I gave my body for. They didn't have my back. These guys I won, took y'all to the playoffs. Y'all didn't have my back. Nobody spoke up for me. I'm a captain here, and nobody spoke up for me. So when y'all see him dogging, uh, he he dogging uh, Big Ben saying, "Hey, hey that man threw the ball ground." Da, 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 da. He he sound like a hurt ex because he is a hurt ex. He did all this and y'all didn't have his back. And then the things with the Juju Smith Schuster, well, Juju Smith Schuster, young young uh, running back. I mean, a young uh, wide receiver. Why you didn't step in when? But you sending messages to him saying, "I look up to you. Can you help me?" And I I know that's kind of lame for AB to post that. Because he posted his messages, his private messages between him and 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 my my man's uh, Juju, but it's like when I needed y'all, why y'all didn't have my back? So boom, my man's his trust is messed up from an organization that drafted him. He thought I got love for y'all, gave my blood, sweat, and tears to this city. Y'all didn't have my back, so he goes to the Raiders. Do you think he goes to the Raiders trusting the Raiders organization? No, I'm pretty sure he's looking at everybody around him like I don't trust nobody no more. So you get to the uh, Raiders. They tell him he can't wear this certain type of helmet that he's been wearing all his life. He's like, whoa, what's going on? I ain't got a concussion. I This this helmet protect me. Why y'all taking me out of my helmet? Let me fight you on the helmet rule. Now, at the same time, everybody's not, now everybody's like, okay, he's tripping. Put on the helmet. I recall every every player... When you first start playing football, a coach hands you your helmet, and they tell you, every coach, every coach tells you the same thing. This is the most important piece of equipment that you'll ever have because this keeps you safe. Treat this right. You don't want to ding up your helmet because it'll mess up. You don't want to break the face mask because it, it, this protects you. 
the same people that was said that, that that was told that and would say that got on the TV and said, why is he tripping over a helmet? It's not that serious. Just put on any helmet. They paying you 30 million. They paying you this amount of million. Why you just can't go put your helmet on? Really? We talking about protection in your head now. And now y'all talking about, oh, he get his money, go do whatever. Come on, man. And now y'all dogging my man. Like, so now he can't, like I told you, he came into that organization not trusting the Raiders. Now they're doing this with the helmet. Now the Raiders finding him for missing practice because you know I got helmet grievances. You know I'm taking the NFL to court. Ends up losing both of those uh, court cases or kind of uh, whatever they were. He loses both of them uh, on the helmet charges. So, he boom, he comes back. He uh, comes back to practice. On top of that, gets fined again. And like I told y'all, because y'all didn't check on him when he needed to be checked on. Y'all didn't check on his mentality or his mental state when he needed to be checked on. You allowed this to to pile up, problems to pile up, pile up, pile up, and now uh, he's he takes it all out. I think that is what was going on with Antonio Brown. He has, I won't say he has a mental illness, but I think the mental state and emotional state, he was not ready, and he just snapped. He goes and calls the GM a white cracker and gets mad, tell him to find me, kicks the ball, punts the ball out of practice, does all this. So obviously, you call your boss a cracker. Not too many black people are going to stay there afterwards. He goes, moves on to another team, goes to New England. Now, and he's in New England, out of a, out of nowhere, he done raped a girl. Girl just remembers out of nowhere. And and, and I, I try not to be insensitive on certain topics, so I apologize to anybody in advance if I'm being insensitive uh, on the rape topic. But out of nowhere, this girl just recalls a rape from some years ago and says, yeah, he did that to me. When you seen him go through all this, and now he's in the media, or whatever, boom, boom, boom. So now he's like, dang, I can't even trust ex-girlfriends I used to mess with. He don't trust nobody. I feel as though that's why he treated everybody since from that point, leaving the Steelers until now. I feel like the reason why he has treated everybody like that is because he lost his trust for them. And everybody wants to say he's a bad player. He's doing going through all this. That's not the case. The case is you got a man who is literally emotionally broken and nobody has checked on him. Nobody. Nobody in the world. Nobody has said, A.B., how do you feel? What's going on right now? Well, and when you ask somebody how they feel, they start thinking about it. Well, hey, I feel bad because the quarterback I thought was my brother for some years was thought it was cool enough to play a game without me. Nobody spoke up. It hurts my feelings. And now we get into the bottom. You know what I'm saying? Nobody's doing that for these NFL players. And it's really sad. So, like I said, I'm bringing light to it. Uh, and I'm letting y'all know. So, boom, moving on to uh, example number three. Cam Newton. Cameron Newton from Atlanta, Georgia. College Park, my hometown. Went to Westlake, my alma mater, or however you say it, my old uh, high school. It was some dogs to go through there. I want you to know that. You know what I'm saying? This is a great high school. Westlake, this is an Atlanta guy through and through. He got the, the curls, the nappy curls. He joning. Uh, he saw Westlake. Uh, he got in trouble for stealing the computer. You know what I'm saying? They don't get more Westlake than that. So this guy gets a second chance. Boom. Now you want to talk about somebody who won all their life? My man's played at Welcome All. I think he had a, a winning record at Welcome All. I think he went undefeated at Welcome All. Kid was like a six six third grader. Of course he was winning. Then he moves on to uh, high school, wins at Westlake. Uh, mind you, every time I get a chance to talk about this, I will. My dad took me to the greatest football game ever to ever be played. Cam Newton versus Eric Berry at Creekside. I have no lie to y'all. I've seen Eric Berry throw a touchdown. 
catch a pick six, take a punt return back, and run a touchdown from the running back. I've seen him do it all. I swear, I swear to y'all, I've seen him do it all. It was the craziest game. But boom. So Cam lost that game, but he was a winner. So goes to Florida. Y'all know what happened. Still computer boom. Goes to Blinn College. Goes undefeated at Blinn for two years. Goes undefeated. Then goes to Auburn University, SEC school, where Alabama runs that town. Alabama runs them. This guy takes Auburn to a perfect record, wipes the floor with everybody, comes a twenty overcomes a twenty four point deficit on Alabama in the in the uh, Iron Bowl, wins that, wins the SEC championship, wins the bowl game against Auburn, and then goes on to the NFL. What does he do in the NFL? This man keeps on winning. Takes Carolina all the way up to the Super Bowl. Lost the Super Bowl. From the Super Bowl, from from the end of the Super Bowl till now, y'all dog that man. From the there was a play in the Super Bowl where where he fumbled the ball. The ball was right there, and he could have dove for it, but he looks at it and he kind of backs up. Now, I don't I don't care what he was thinking in that in that moment. Um, I don't I don't care what y'all think about his heart. That guy went undefeated. Y'all saw him be the leading rusher. So there's no way in the world y'all can question his heart. But from that play on, everybody kept saying, well, he's a sore loser. He's like, come on, he's no sportsmanship. What guy you think who been winning for four years straight, for real? Like he, he won, I think, a senior year of high school, won uh, at Florida a little bit. Well, he was on a winning team. At Florida, who won national championships, goes to JUCO, wins for two years, and then goes to Auburn undefeated. Then takes y'all. Listen, he in the NFL, he only lost one game that year, and that was to the Falcons. He only lost one game that year, so he was he he almost took a NFL team to a perfect season. And y'all got the nerve to question this man's heart. His heart. What kind of man? Come on! I don't even like Carolina Panthers like that, but I'm sitting here defending Cam because this is ridiculous. So now you got a player who's who's giving all his blood, sweat, and tears to to the game and to an organization, and he got to turn on the TV to see y'all questioning his heart. That's just ridiculous. You don't know how that makes somebody feel who works out trying to prove y'all wrong and one thing, and y'all like, oh. So from that point on, I, I pinpoint that moment was the breakdown of Cam. That was the moment he stopped playing for him and trying to prove for others. So then, boom, uh, he starts talking more. He has a YouTube channel. But now he's saying controversial stuff. Remember, for a second, Cam was talking about uh, police brutality and stuff like that. Well, hold on, black man. You can't do that. That's what Carolina said to him. They bring in a, a life coach to teach him how to talk. You know, one of those people who say, well, um, 55% of white women in the age of 32 to 40 don't like when you use the word though he brought in one of them you know what i'm saying so now it's like hey cam um 80 of asians don't like when you wear uh that print because it's it's to their tribal whatever whatever the case you brought in one of them guys so now he's walking like somebody else talking like somebody else it's not being him so you go through that for like a year then now he starts dressing crazy now i was telling my mom i don't think that him dressing crazy is really him I don't think what we see in Cam is really him I think this is a breakdown I think Cam is really emotionally broken and he's asking for help and part of me thinks the flashy all the clothes and stuff is for y'all to take him take his eyes off of what's going on in football 
because it did. It worked for him, and he was on, like I said, like just like Odell Beckham, he was on GQ, he was getting magazines, he was getting all these different uh, commercials and, and endorsements and whatever. But he's he started to lose for a couple of years, and uh, now you turn on the TV and they're saying it's over with for Cam. He's done. They got they got to trade and they got to get rid of him. And he, like I said, he liked every other player. He has to go home at night. These players are human. Yes, they're playing a game they love, but it's a stressful environment. All those players that I named, from the, the fake player to the high school player that cried to the to Odell Beckham to Antonio Brown to Cam Newton, all of these players have to deal with what they have to deal with and come home and be in themselves by themselves in the room and have to deal with their emotions. And I'm telling y'all people that is harder than what y'all think. That is really harder than what y'all think. And then to have to wake up and put on a fake face and go to the same environment that's causing the stress without a solution and come do the same thing over and over and over again. This is a problem in football. And I love football. So I really don't like highlighting problems in football. But this is a problem in football. Um, I wish the best for, for all the players that I mentioned, especially that high school kid. I want y'all to know, don't let nobody, if you listen to this and you, and you know somebody who plays football and they're younger, Tell them, don't let anybody take the joy away from you. Don't let anybody take the joy of the game away from you, okay? Um, so that is kind of what I have to say. I know it was a little bit all over the place. Um, like I said, I always revisit uh, arguments and clean them up because I know right now it's all over the place. I know I, I said a lot. We have a lot to think about, but I will uh, focus it more in on something more specific um, and come back to y'all. But I thank y'all for listening to all 33 minutes and whatever seconds this is going to end. I always tell y'all, uh, listen to it. Tell your friends. Give me feedback. Even though I don't care about your feedback, I'm going to do what I want to do at the end. Still give me feedback because I, I kind of want to hear it. I'm not going to listen. I'll tell you that right now. But I want to hear it, okay? Uh, and tell your friends. Share this. Send it to your grandma. Even if she don't listen, I get paid for the uh, advertisement that comes. So give me 10 cents, man. You know what I'm saying? Share it. Give me 10 cents. I thank y'all. And I'll uh, rise up.